0: What do you say you and me take a walk over to the tavern? Let's pull up a chair. <laughs> a little something
1: to eat. <laughs> got life.
0: Welcome to the Mouse and Castle. Come on, Johnny. What are we waiting for? This is a gathering place for fans of all things Disney. So sit back, chow down, have some sips and chit-chat about the magical world created by Walt Disney. Disney.
1: Too long I've been parched of thirst that I'm able to quench it. (laughs) Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mouse and Castle podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad that you're back with us as we talk all things Disney. Here once again is my good friend and yours. It's Mr. Aaron Goins. How's it going, Aaron?
0: Going pretty good. How have you been, Riley?
1: Uh, Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Fantastic. All um, right. Except, except that God wants Disney to close. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? I think so. you, this, Did you see that lightning bolt?
1: You, you texted me earlier today, and I seen a headline, but I would not watched the video until you sent me that link earlier today, of, of Galaxy's Edge being struck by lightning. Um, and not, not just like a little zap, like a serious damage evidently was caused. Um, rise of Resistance is down is what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah, I know Rise of Resistance is temporarily down. I didn't know if it was related to the lightning strike or if it was just a coincidence.
1: That's what I read on the internet, so I'm I'm saying it's
0: true. Wow. Tell yeah. tell the people. That's, maybe that's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign from the heavens.
1: Is it is it, it's like it's not a lot of people are going.
0: No, i it's I mean I think we're gonna talk about it, but there's yeah. Yeah it's, it's not looking good.
1: Well it we were getting not, not hard numbers, but we are getting a little bit of amplifying information because last week and a lot of you guys probably saw a lot of the headlines that came out about this, but last week uh was the big Q two earnings call. Um no I remember once upon a time when people like all the news came out from the earnings call because Bob Iger would tease like a new Disney Plus show that they were working on or give a few little tidbits behind the scenes as everybody was you know, hungry for the latest morsel from Marvel or Star Wars or what have you. Now it's like, this is the earnings call where we're wondering whether or not Disney is, is, is dead as we know it.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> It's not, I mean, Disney's like one of those things that's so big, too big to fail, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It, I, you know, it's going to survive this thing that we're all going through. But it's definitely taking a huge hit right now, and when you see something like four billion plus that they they were down in a quarter, that's just it's just like to fathom that amount of money is,
1: it it is, does is crazy. it blows my mind I, I I pulled up there's a New York Times piece um that did a great job breaking down this earnings call, but that you you alluded to that, that's the lead here. the number they lost in the latest quarter. Uh, it was four point seven billion dollars, with a B. A and
0: they don't usually lose money ever.
1: It's their first right. quarterly loss in decades. I, I I don't have the exact date, but it'd been a long time uh, from what I from what I'd been reading. So it's a it's a it's a wee bit. There's the silver lining of the story is uh, Disney Plus. Uh, which they they're up to 60.5 million subscribers after only nine months, so way ahead of their initial projections. But um, but yeah, this is essentially we were sort of waiting for um, doomsday financial reports from from this, and so um, the quarterly. That I mean, that's what they had to do. Bob Chapek had to get on the phone with all the investors and be like, "Yep, it's four point seven two billion. Um but as far as the streaming uh, world goes, that's where they have uh, been extraordinarily success, uh, successful. They're up to more than 100 million subscribers worldwide if you include Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and ESPN. Um, and uh, the release of Hamilton was credited for a huge uh, boost in the Disney plus uh, streaming subscribers. So, you know, what, what was kind of the pet project, the sort of last farewell of Bob Iger as CEO, that is Disney plus has now become the lifeline of the company.
0: And it is kind of a situation of making lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. but I don't think, I mean, whatever success they're seeing in Disney plus probably because of, or at least, you know, the pandemic factors into that, you know, everyone's stuck at home you know, all of this stuff, there's not other a lot of other options for entertainment. So, it's like, okay, streaming services, they're probably all seeing like an uptick.
1: Mm. But, yes.
0: you know, it's probably not going to offset anywhere close to what they're losing. No. So, I'm sure they would rather Disney Plus not be as, success, as successful and have the park revenue and the movie mm. revenue and all yeah. that stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because like, I mean, movie theaters, theme parks, those are like the two main revenue sources. <laughs> for the whole company uh before. So that's what they're still short on. Um but they really did lean into Disney Plus as 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 the as the I guess the good news bad news, the good news portion of the of the call because that's where they made the announcement of what they're characterizing as a one-off, but what I am suspicious is a as an experiment to see how successful it is. And that is the first VOD uh, video on demand release for a major Disney film uh, on Disney Plus, and that's Mulan. Making the official announcement, um, Disney said they will be releasing it um, in countries where theaters are open, but Disney but Disney Plus is not available. It will be in theaters, including China. However, um, they will be releasing for the uh, the princely sum of thirty dollars. Or is it a princely sum of $30? Let's talk about this. $30 uh,
0: on Disney Plus. Yeah, this is a new thing. I mean, at least for... It's not new in that other movies have been released mm, previous yes. to this during the pandemic that they that you had to pay. Like, oh, my family has already purchased, I think, two different movies. But if you think about that, typically, my family would be going out to more than that. You mm-hmm. know? Yep the whole movie theater experience you know we'd be like all right you know we'll spend however much money maybe 60 bucks for all of us to go um just for tickets and we'll go to multiple movies throughout the summer whereas now i only i think we've purchased we purchased trolls world tour
1: oh you were (laughs) part of the trolls madness
0: which was i think 20 bucks and you didn't even get to keep it it was just rental yeah um and then we did Onward, um, even though we knew it was coming to Disney Plus like just a week <laughs> later, we still bought it just because we wanted to watch it when it first came out. Okay. Um, so I've done two, but I haven't done as much as I normally would. Uh, so and I definitely will do Milan. and I think thirty dollars actually isn't that much money when you compare it to what you would pay to go out for a movie night. You know, we can still have an in. You know, in home movie night, but, but it's just it's just not the same experience.
1: Well, and the, so so let me press on that a little bit because I saw I, I saw your Twitter, I, I saw the tweets. Okay. I, I'm I'm curious on your take because like you go right now to rent a movie on Amazon, YouTube, uh, wherever you usually do video on demand rentals, and it's like three bucks, five bucks for maybe a brand new release, six or seven bucks. Right, uh, six
0: is usually the highest. Yeah, the
1: what it what's what. Why thirty dollars? Like you're talking about a three hundred percent, four hundred percent price increase, just for the privilege of it being available sooner. Is that something the average consumer you think is going to go for? Is this indicating a trend where you people will be willing to say, "Well, I would have spent this much in the theater, so it's still worth it"?
0: I think they're testing the waters to see what that price point is, because there is, and I think it depends on the consumer for people like me and maybe you or others like us who are big Disney fans we get excited about new releases we probably are willing to pay a little bit more for a movie that comes out that was supposed to be in the theater we expecting it to be in the theater it can't be now so like okay well we're gonna let you guys see it anyways because what they could do is they could just wait until this stuff go you know kind of goes away and then they could still release it in theaters but that could be like a year from now Hmm. um so they're they're giving us the opportunity to see it and they're saying hey this is like premium content this isn't your typical like oh i'm just going to rent pocahontas or i'm going to watch pocahontas or i'm going to watch you know brother bear this is like premium content new new material you know high budget big budget film thirty dollars really isn't that big of a price tag so they're testing the waters to see if people are willing to do this i don't think my my prediction is I don't think it's going to do super well.
1: Oh, interesting. Because I know you were advocating for this as a great option for you as for me, a consumer. It but it is.
0: You don't me, think... Being a big Disney fan in a family of four. Yeah. But not everyone is me.
1: Well, why um, Why not? Why, why don't you think people will see that as a like, well, hey, we can't go to movie theaters anymore. Let's just jump in and, and spend you know less money than we would at a movie theater to play devil's because advocate. Because of all
0: the other options that you have now mm. at home. And... Because the way that someone's going to look at it is when they log in, they're going to have all their streaming services sitting there on their TV. They're going to have Netflix. They're going to have Prime. They're going to have HBO Max. They're going to have a lot of other options just other than Mulan. So they're thinking, hmm, do I watch something for free yeah. on HBO Max or many, or one of the other streaming services that I already pay for? Or do I pay $30 for this movie that probably in a, you know three to six months will be on Disney Plus for free? and i think a lot of people will make the decision to wait. Yeah.
1: Well, and they can take a hit by comparison because they're not splitting revenue with a the theater now. So, even if it's half as many people that w- would have gone and seen it in theater, i would assume, you know, re- theater splits roughly 50-50 just off the top of my head, um that they're, they're they're able to take a loss to some degree, but i think you're i think you're on the right track where it's going to be an even smaller percentage than that because of because of the options and because like spare spare change on um, entertainment properties is is going down. It's it's something that um, you know pe- spending on uh, superfluous entertainment is 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 going to go down in the midst of this oncoming uh, recession that we're experiencing as a result of the economy in COVID times. So it'll be. I don't a,
0: think this is going to be a big bang for. Disney in that they're going to see this as this is the moving forward strategy I think they're testing the water to see how much money they can make off of something like this yeah. but if you just look at the pure bottom line on a big budget film the amount of money it takes to make that movie, hmm. you're going to need a bigger revenue stream than than Disney Plus at $30 a pop is going to give you yeah. because even at 60 million subscribers a bit, a very large percentage of those subscribers would need to purchase this movie just for them to make their money back and that's not even taken into account all the advertising um, that they've probably put into it and, and other things. Um, now I know they're still releasing in theaters in China, so that's going to make them some money in other places in the world. So they'll they'll make their money back on this movie, but it's not going to make the you know hope, the seven hundred fifty thousand to a million dollars that they're probably hoping it was going to make.
1: Yes, and, and that's where it's certainly not going to track with the previous you know Disney live action like Jungle Book or. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, which you know have been they've been breaking all kinds of records. Uh, even Lion yeah. King was extraordinarily successful um, last summer, so I can definitely see where that's going to be. Uh, this is going to be a recoup the cost kind of situation. But uh, but that was sort of the bellwether for the the streaming side, the lifeline, if you will, the 800 um, pound gorilla, the parks. Uh, is it's it's pretty brutal. The operating yeah. profit plunged 3.7 billion. So, their net loss was about $2 billion. So, almost half of their entire losses this quarter came from the parks, which checks with kind of anecdotal evidence that we've seen. Um, uh, Christine McCarthy, she's the uh, chief financial officer of the parks, uh, and she told analysts in the call that Shanghai Disney, um, which reopened in early May, has started to bounce back. However, Disney World has not performed as well as the company uh, has anticipated. And and the quote is, we expect the demand will grow when the COVID situation in Florida improves. So they they're, they literally, they overtly talk about how Florida's increasing number of cases and infection rates uh, in the weeks leading up to and during the reopening definitely had an impact on consumer demand, which kind of, I mean, it, it just goes to, it, in Florida. People just haven't been willing to, to go in the numbers that they were, they were hoping
0: yeah absolutely and they disney world in florida relies so much on tourism yeah and you know the locals can't support it There, you know there obviously there's a lot of locals that can just go over there and deal with the new you know guidelines and and probably are really the bulk of who's going right now i would assume and they're probably and it's so basically it's being everyone that's going to disney right now are the locals and the diehards yeah, just but your typical traveler is is putting off a Disney trip at this point.
1: I got an email. I got an email from Mickey Mouse, uh, literally yesterday, Aaron. It was like, <clears throat> we notice you have uh, you have tickets, but there's one more step. Make your reservation okay. now for Walt Disney World. And uh, I looked and I checked my uh, military uh, tickets. I have uh, five days, four or five days left on, on 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 that ticket, and it has been extended. It would have expired in uh, beginning of December. Through right. September twenty sixth, twenty twenty one, right. uh, a full additional year after uh, I would have roughly purchased them. So it's uh, I'm like I will be sitting on my comfortable behind, waiting for the conditions to improve before yeah. <laughs> I, d- I go I, on the journey. I will
0: admit my my opinions on this probably even from you know maybe even the last time we recorded together have changed mm. significantly. How so? Well, we had talked. A little bit about kind of the parks opening and you know it wasn't that crowded it seemed like they were taking a lot of extreme measures to keep it sanitary yeah. and all of that stuff um, and it was kind of like oh that might be a cool experience you know you go down there it's not crowded you can get on rides really quick um but the more that just this you know this pandemic it just seems to be dragging on and on and yeah. it's definitely not making the improvements that i expected when i canceled my trip I was forced to cancel my trip in April and then rescheduled to October. I thought by October, mm, you know, yeah. it's going to be a much easier decision. And now it's getting closer, you know, as time's ticking away and it's getting closer to October, I'm like, do I really want to go even in October?
1: Where are you right you know, now? We're what, uh, two months out roughly?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're about what it is today the, as we record the 11th. So yeah, we're about just just under well or just over two months away that we would be headed down there.
1: I'm kind of curious as, as a as a Disney fan and a guy who loves to take his family uh, to these parks but also you know wanting to take the appropriate precaution what's what's the calculus in your mind like right now uh, just checking in with you what what determines whether or not you'll you'll go or or hold off again
0: um I don't know I really I feel like everything's so unpredictable and it's hard to even kind of have a, a baseline for what would be I'd feel comfortable with I think a big part of it is the travel to get there too yeah you know it's not like I can just hop in my car and drive down and and be in a protected bubble yeah I have to get on an airplane I got to bring my kids onto an airplane Um, it's a relatively short flight but still Mm -hmm. and then you know so it's just taking all that into consideration I think if it was just me like if you and I were gonna go yeah and I was just meeting you there completely different um, in my mind as far as, you know, kind of decision making. But when it's my entire family, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's going to be one of those kind of last minute decisions as we get a little bit closer to it. If, if things don't seem to have improved, I I really would like to see, uh, the, the case counts going down and kind of a downward trend. Yeah. Um, in, in Florida specifically, um, and some, in just like the local, you know, Kind of, um, you know, mandates and stuff to start to open. You know, this things like uh, lift up a little bit. So yeah. we'll see.
1: No, I think especially just how those numbers shaped up in the weeks leading up to the the reopening. I think you're not the only one who is thinking like that because the the numbers show it. The numbers show it, and not only do the numbers show it, we're seeing decision making about the parks continue to evolve. Um, as of September, they will be reducing their theme park hours um uh according uh, starting More september 8th. already reduced i know that's gonna say yeah they're already reduced but starting september 8th um epcot will be closing at seven instead of nine um, and then the rest of the other parks will be closing one hour early magic kingdom closing at six uh hollywood studios closing at seven that's that's crazy
0: yeah and it and that's the other thing i'm i'm thinking about too you know, taking everything into consideration is the amount of money that you spend.
1: Mm, you know, yeah. it's
0: not like the tickets are cheaper you know, the <laughs> tickets that I'm using to go there are full price tickets.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: it'd be one thing if they said, Hey, we're slashing prices in half, you know, to maybe entice people to come, but you know, I'm paying full price, but I'm getting maybe half the experience. If that, you know, no, no parades, no fireworks. A lot of rides are closed and now their hours are significantly cut. So it starts to get to be a value thing where I'm like, hmm, if I wait until next year when things are more normal, hopefully, then maybe I get more bang for my buck. Whereas if I go now, maybe I'm overpaying, you know, essentially for the experience.
1: Well, and I think there's the uh, we've talked a lot. You know, it's, it's it's kind of tragic, but also a sign of the times where you know Disney talk has become <laughs> COVID talk. But there's not just the, there's the financial aspect of this as well, where I think we have to recognize that it's gonna it's gonna be a lot harder for uh, middle class families to afford to go to Disney World. You're talking about these full price these full prices. Um, I think it's gonna be harder to get people back into the parks, even. After say there's a vaccine, I, I don't think it, it might be a few years before there's a full recovery where the tourism industry is what it once was. Um, yeah,
0: people don't have the same level of expendable cash that maybe they would otherwise. You know, right now with and yeah. a lot of people are, have lost their jobs. Yeah, um, people are on unemployment. You know, so it's like <laughs> obviously if you lost your job, you should not be going to Disney World right now. Like you know, there's luckily. You know, my we my family specifically wasn't impacted mm. um, when it came to like an income thing. Um, yeah, you know, so we were lucky. But yeah, it is. It starts to the more you talk about it, the more it starts to feel like first world problems, right? You know, it does. And it's, with, it's
1: just the thing when talking about you know we're doing a Disney podcast, and it really is. It feels like first world problems in some ways, but it it's the reality the company has to deal with and make adjustments to.
0: Right. Yeah. It's by no means. You know, is it. One of those things where it's like, oh, woe is me. I can't go to Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's exactly. like, there's much bigger things going on right now yeah.
1: um,
0: that we should all be focusing on and worried about. But if you do have the means and you know y- you are in a financial position where you could go, that is a decision that you have to kind of balance right now on if it's number one smart health-wise to go and is it smart financially to go or should you wait um until things get a little bit back to normal so we'll see i'm kind of like i'm really up in the air on it honestly i don't know where i'm gonna fall uh, i'll know i'll know better as it gets closer
1: yeah and i think um kind of turning back i guess uh zooming out a little bit to the future for the for the parks themselves i think it'll be interesting to see how the the ongoing cancellations of a lot of the expansions that they had previously announced previously announced will will affect the parks I actually think it's a good thing because hopefully um, they're able to uh, cut their own operating costs and cut any you know incurring um, debt that the company would have been having in terms of construction loans and all of the capital that it would have taken for these projects. Um, and there's a lot of cancellations going on, but hopefully that's a focus on, like, how can we make these parks accessible and affordable? And I actually, I really hope we see uh, coming out of this a turn in the company culture where reduced demand is reflected in a, a doubling down on, making, on preserving the experience of the parks while making them more, frankly, financially accessible because the tickets have gotten so freaking expensive I really hope that they expand some of the seasonal promotions and and you know the variable pricing that they've already just introduced to make for sure holiday weekends freaking expensive, but some parts of the year where it's a little more affordable. Maybe we'll see a more extreme version of that with promotions at certain times of the year um, that that will make it accessible. And I'm talking in the coming years, certainly not in the midst of the pandemic, but you know in the coming years where I think the tourism industry will be down. How do we make these parks attractive and accessible? to people who otherwise wouldn't be coming, instead of just becoming a really expensive place for just the hardcore Disney fans and locals to go.
0: Yeah, we and we've talked about it on the show, about, you know, kind of how far can Disney go with the pricing? You know, they've raised the prices a couple times, I yeah. think, <laughs> since, since we've uh, been recording this podcast, and... We kind of joke around about well, how much are we willing to pay, but, but like, you know, we love it so much that we're it's worth it, we're gonna keep going. But now things have changed. It's a different world. And this is gonna be, I think, a turning point probably for Disney where you will see Yeah. That you will see that the the prices probably will drop for a while and they're gonna kinda try to rebuild that, you know, that faith or that trust with the with the community. Um, To bring people back, and if you if you try to open back up, you know, and say at the price level they were at, you might not. That might not be received so well from the general public.
1: Yeah, no, I think so. I I I think so. I think the 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 former is the way to go, certainly versus the latter. And I kind of was talking around a little bit, but we know like what they've actually. Bob Weiss, um, who's the president of uh, Imagineering, has talked about how. They're still evaluating timelines on, in terms of extended closures and, and halted projects. Like Avengers Campus um, is, 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 is on track and continuing, they've said. But things like Mickey Minnie's Railway um, and uh, Tron and Rat- Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, these are projects that are currently paused. So, as well as the, um, the, some of the other Epcot expansions, I don't have them listed in front of me, but I remember reading, there's an article I was reading talking about some of the, the Epcot expansions on pause.
0: The Mickey and Minnie's, uh, railway, that's, is that paused at a, not, I mean, obviously the one at Disney world already opened. Is there, I'm, I'm forgetting on where their plans to make that in another park too.
1: I think the, um, they were planning on doing it for Disneyland.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. It and i saw there was another one of the hotels that they had kind of announced they've taken down that announcement which is leading p- people to speculate that that's getting canceled uh so yeah i mean they're they're definitely going to cut back and i mean we were it was they, <laughs> it's interesting how the timing of this because really disney was at like such a high level you know yeah. where they were just you know kind of on a high and they if you looked at the plans of what was coming with you know all these new rides across all the parks and Epcot with the big revamp. I mean, it's just, there was all this stuff on the horizon that mm. we were all so excited about. I know, that,
1: that freaking, like, that freaking, uh, I guess, show, experience, trailer, preview, that we went, preview, I guess is the best way to put it. That right? they had yeah. Ep- I, got, I was so freaking excited. Epcot was going to be the next, you know, big thing.
0: Yeah, so it kind of brought, I think, maybe you know, everyone kind of gets to a level where you you start to just kind of take things for granted. It's like, oh, well yeah. Disney's just going to constantly grow and they're going to be giving us new stuff and it's always going to be this awesome new experience. Yeah. And now we're we're kind of going through the rough times where it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, yeah. we we were throwing a curveball and now you know, let's reevaluate what's <laughs> what we should expect or what we can be excited about yeah. for the future of these parks.
1: That's true. That's very true. That's very true. And then, all right, I'm circling back because I, I, I had confession time. I did have to go to the Google machine because, listen, guys, this is not a surprise to any of you who've been listening to this podcast, but I'm, I am not an off-the-top-of-my-head expert when it comes to the attractions in the parks. They're <laughs> not buried in the back of my brain the way I know many of you guys who are listening are. So... Um, but I, I will say, so I was, I'd read it somewhere. I was like, I think that's right, but I was super hesitant. But since I was right initially, I'm going to just like say, yes, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was to be, they're going to have a second location at Mickey's Toontown at Disneyland. So they oh, okay. they had a location in, in mind there. No no specific timeline on that that I can see that they had, to, other than they announced that they're going to be working on it. So, um Anyway, don't don't leave another iTunes review. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was right, guys. He was, was right. Like, no, yeah.
1: um, which actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sneaking in here towards the end. But Aaron, I want to give you a chance for parting words. It's been, it's another, and I had a feeling this episode would kind of turn this direction because it is it is the doomsday quarterly earnings call. Um, any, any maybe parting words, eh, faint hope off in the distant that you can offer before we end on such a sad note?
0: Oh, I think for me like keeping the the Disney magic trying not to sound too cheesy, but you you know I've been trying to kind of keep the Disney magic at home mm. while I you know wait to be able to go back to the parks and Disney plus is a great way to do that yeah um, one of the things that I didn't really think about and not even just Disney plus but even just other video services like YouTube, but Disney plus does have some parks you know focused videos that you can mm. watch so if you miss the parks you can go on and watch some of these kind of beside behind the scenes stuff about the parks or just different events that have happened at the parks that you can watch mm. uh, but also youtube the official disney parks channel on youtube does, has a lot of like they have filmed um the fireworks shows oh. like very professionally filmed so if you want to pull it up on your big screen tv and sit back one night grab a cup of coffee and uh you know watch the fireworks you have that option you I know? like it um which i found myself doing the other day because uh, i was kind of like why don't this oh, is nice. kind of a cool you know like i miss going i you know i miss the fireworks so why not i'll just put it on um high definition on my tv and sit back and kind of so yeah i think there's ways to kind of still connect and you know um enjoy what the parks are without actually being there and yeah. Eventually, we'll get back.
1: Yeah, eventually. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah, they have been putting out... Disney social media has been putting out a lot of great stuff. So, uh, definitely check that out. Um, And then, yeah, that's going to bring this episode of Mouse and Castle to a close. Make sure you uh, stay in touch with us between episodes. You can do so. Mouseandcastlepodcast.com is where you can find the show notes for this episode, episode 44. And uh, and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and throw us a, a review and rating. It really does help get the word out about the show. Uh, Mr. Goins, tell people where they can find you on ye old internet.
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at av goins. I talk a lot about Star Wars, though, so That's not true. into Star That's Wars, true. but yeah. watch out, watch out. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, you can find my other podcast, Bad Wolf Radio. We just did a partnership with Sony, and we're helping promote David Tennant's podcast. So if you're oh cool a fan of Doctor Who, uh, we just did a big top five David Tennant episodes on Bad Wolf Radio, which you can find that podcast over on Apple Podcasts as well. Nice. So, I love it. Check that out.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you can also find me at the R-I-L-E-Y, Guy R-I-L-E-Y, on Twitter and Instagram. Those are the places I typically like to hang out. Check out the Star Wars Report podcast. if You're into Star Wars things, all things Star Wars. We're talking about it. We uh, just recently had... Um, Uh, Mr. Dan Madsen on the show It was an absolute blast Talking about the history of Star Wars Celebration Remember when conventions were a thing Crazy times But uh, if you're into Star Wars you can check out the Star Wars Report And of course uh, stay in touch with the show It's at Mouse and Castle Wherever you uh, find us on social media And uh, Mousecastlepodcast.com Until next time Keep the magic alive I will say this i got sucked into i started watching the um, the galaxy's edge special on disney plus
0: yeah but i i stopped
1: halfway through
0: well i so they had kind of that came out on tv right yes like that, TV special. this isn't like a I thought it was gonna be a new Galaxy's Edge special, and then I started watching it. I was like, oh, I've seen all this. Like, or at least I've seen a lot of this. Yeah. So I I also turned it off. It's it was a little too cheesy. It was it was too it
1: was, it was salesy. It was yeah. it reminded me. And that's of, what
0: it was designed for. They were it was it came out pre opening, I think. So they were really trying to ramp up the Yeah, you know, kind of the marketing for it. So it did it was very much just trying to convince people to come.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just sort of like like let's throw a lot of celebrities in the park let's, mm. here have jay leno talk about the millennium falcon that'll be authentic
0: <laughs> intro from george lucas though
1: that's you true know. and and billy yeah. d williams doing that voiceover work that's cool that was something yeah. um so i don't know I, it was just one of those things that it you know it it is what it is it is what it is okay i will actually you know what i'm gonna do that i'll let the i'll let the music play us out we're done we're done so now enough whining about this <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Man this year I the last few things that I was um